Welcome everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we watch the first televised episode of a different sitcom, rate it based on just what we saw in that episode alone, forgetting any knowledge we may or may not have about that show. And at the end of each episode, we decide if that's a show that we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek ran 80 episodes over six seasons on CBC originally. We're going to be reviewing episode one today, which is Our Cup Runneth Over, which originally aired February 11th, 2013. So to start things off, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the guys, Ferg, Joe, Gordo, and Nick. How's it going, guys? Yo. Yo. No mas la duele. (laughs) And before we get into anything, I want to remind everyone, follow us on s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find the links to all our social media. That's where you can find all the links of where to listen to us and make sure that you rate and subscribe and do all that fun stuff and spread the word. But to get things going right now, guys, Shits Creek. Is this the show that all of you have watched prior to us doing this episode? A yes. lot. Yeah, a number of times. When this first came out, we were so mad because you heard about it on the CBC and that there was this new network called Pop that was that's, Pop, Pop, Pop. That, that's where I saw it. Yeah, and we didn't get it at first, right? It was, I think it was a TV Guide channel in a previous life. And then oh, we ended up paying right. for the first season for Amazon. And then once it, our cable weirdly changed and we got Pop, so we were able to follow it through after that. But yeah, we watched the show. And then a million times after. I'd never this seen is, the show. Um, yeah, on, Gordo, I'm actually with you. This was a show that people keep telling me is really good, but mm-hmm. I never watched it. Yeah, me too. And now I'm kind of at this weird place. Now that we have this show, there's all these shows that I'd like to start watching at times, but now I kind of wait to see if we're going to do an episode on it because I don't want to skew my opinion on the off chance that it is a show I haven't seen before. There's a weird thing, too, where there's only so many hours in the day, so like there'll be right. shows that we'll cover, and I'll be like, I want to watch more of this, but then you're busy with work, and then you've got other shows you need to watch for this show. So this show that is about how much we love sitcoms is actually stopping me from watching more yeah. sitcoms. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, like, this is our 20th episode, right? And there's a lot of shows that we've watched that I've wanted to dive right back into after we recorded, and... We just, you know, we have a, a schedule. We need to keep up with this, and then actual life happens and other shows. So it, it's it is tough to go back sometimes. And there's also others that I'll never watch again. And oh, for sure. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we so never played right that in- guitar since Mama died. You watched the entire thing. You, you I'll watch never watch it again though. <laughs> yeah. Until there's a second season, and then I will burn through all of it in one night. and for those of you who are new to the show that we're talking about our country comfort episode which you can find in our archives so again go to s1e1pod.com or spotify anywhere you listen to your podcasts and if you're listening to this right now you probably know where to listen to us so uh go back to the country comfort episode you can hear what we thought about that it's a pretty fun episode and i would suggest anybody who's never seen that show to listen to our episode about it and then not watch that show we did that so you didn't have to true so let's let's get right into uh creek So, uh, opening scene, uh, we're inside of this beautiful, huge mansion and someone's ringing the doorbell pretty constant over and over and over again. And then we see who I assume is a maid, uh, going to answer the door. Cause she's like holding like that, like duster and opens the door. You just see the back of a man's head and he's, he's holding his badge up and you know, she's nervous. She thinks it's immigration and they're like, no revenue. And she calls for the boss. It immediately cuts to. All this chaos, all this, um, they are just 
cleaning through the house. They're ransacking and taking out everything that they have and repossessing basically all of their possessions. And it's a nice way to also, we're kind of introduced to each of the four main characters, like one at a time while this is happening. So most notably, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara play the couple, the, um, uh, what's their, uh, Johnny Parents? and Mo- Moira? Johnny and Moira shit. Moira. Yeah. I'm sorry, Moira? Johnny and Moira Rose. <laughs> Johnny and Moira Rose. <laughs> shit. I'm thinking of Roland shit. I'm thinking of Roland is it, shit. Is it, um, is it Moira or Moira? Moira. 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 Moira? Okay. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara is such a G. It's crazy how genuinely entertaining she is. Like she makes a show instant for instantly. She is I don't know. It, she's just like a great actor. This is one of those shows that every time you watch it, someone a different person becomes your favorite character. And yeah. Yep. My last my most recent watch, she's become my favorite. Oh my god. Yeah, we quote this show all the time in everybody's voices. And I mean, I would imagine we all had pretty similar upbringings. Just Johnny and Moira, right? Just Eugene Levy and Catherine, like our whole lives between Home Alone and Armed and Dangerous and National Lampoons and all the Christmas movies. They're just Beetlejuice. They're just they were always there. And watching this show was like a weird warm blanket. Where it's just like I love these people so much. They're never not gonna be funny. So I wanted to ask that: Would you guys have your most notables for the two of them? That you think of first when you see Eugene Levy or Catherine O'Hara? American for me, Pie for Eugene Levy. It has yes. to be American Pie for Eugene American Levy. American Pie, and then for me, it's Home Alone for her. And they both have quite the careers, so, but th- those are the two roles I think of the most. For me, it was Beethoven, but because I had a... She is super sexy in that movie, and when I was younger, I was very much in love with Beetlejuice Catherine O'Hara. That's totally Really? Fair. Yeah. Yeah. For See, me, for it's me, oddly the Christopher Guest movies. I always, I immediately first think of Waiting for Guffman or the two of them as um, the vocal group uh, in A Mighty Wind. Like, oh, I love yeah. them paired so much in that. Is, that, is it Mitch and Mickey? And, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I just right. don't, yeah. I mean, I, I know them from, they, they do so much stuff, but there's always that first thing that comes to mind. And for me, it has to, like, link to my childhood, I think. I can't, I can't see the recent stuff and not think of that when I see them first. Like, and even to go back to Beetlejuice, when I see Beetlejuice or when, even when I was a kid and saw it, the first thing that would come to mind is, oh, that's the mom from Home Alone. Yeah. It I think definitely did Levy, come out before Home Alone, though, right? Um, Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice? I think it did. They're probably close. Oh, a few years. Yeah, it was a few years. Because Beetlejuice um, is before Batman, and Batman's 89. So I want to say Beetlejuice <laughs> is 87, and yeah, Home Alone say, 1 is was, 90. Yeah, I thought it was 86, 87. Yeah, yeah but like, in that neighborhood. 1988. Is Beetlejuice? Okay, yeah. So before Beetlejuice. Batman 89. And Home Alone's probably movie. only like 90 or 91 also, right? So I think yeah, it's 90 it's and 93 maybe or 90 right. and 92. Right, and for what it's worth, like in my personal case, like we're all born here 85 and 86. I was born in 86. So uh, it's not like I was there for the release dates while we were present on Earth, but like it wasn't like we were watching them in the movie theaters. So I can't say that even though one was before the other, I was necessarily exposed to Beetlejuice before I was Home Alone. Home Alone is 1990. Yeah, so we're talking about two years. Okay. And for Eugene Levy, the weird one that I always think of, and this is probably just because I saw it so young as a kid and then have watched it so much since then, is it's a small role, but he's the car salesman who tricks Chevy Chase into buying the family truckster in the beginning of National Lampoon's Vacation. I don't remember that, yeah. Oh, And he has that one line where they don't want the car, and he says, you think you hate it now, but wait till you drive it. And I've said that (laughs) so many times over the course of my life. 
So yeah, so we meet them, and then there's also the two children who are planned by played by uh, Dan Levy, who's Eugene Levy's son in real life, and uh, Annie Murphy, and they yeah. uh, they play David and Alexis. There, fuck, I love Annie Murphy. He, he's also a co-creator of the show. Him right. and um, him and Eugene both. I think I think they both wrote and yeah. And- Everything. And, and there, we were just talking recently to Andy Murphy's new show, which is pretty Boston or Massachusetts specific. Will definitely be something we cover because it's one of the most interesting. It's crazy I've good. Seen. Yeah, it's it's crazy good and it's crazy. It's something really fun to to watch. Is there anything that I would know either of them from outside of this show? Mainly, like I'm like I'm not saying it's their first this acting is, gig, but like I did really. No, is I think this is, they're relatively new into acting as far as a popular show or movie yeah. goes, you know. David was a big... Like David? He was on... What's the like Canadian MTV, like, see, uh, much music, that sort of stuff. I think he did a lot of, like, TV shows and hosting for that. We wouldn't have got yeah. access to it because it just doesn't air here. It's Isn't and that I'm really sure weird? I'm not sure Murphy was doing. How um, separate Canadian and American media can be? It's like... Yeah, but I mean, I guess it's like every other country. We just assume... Yeah, we just assume because they touch us and they speak the same language or for the better part like a majority of the country does like i guess we would assume that there's more crossover there's actually a a actual law in canada called cancon which is canadian content and i forget the exact percentage and i have a lot of friends in canada if they hear this probably mad if i fuck it up but i think it's something like 60 percent of everything done and shown on canadian radio uh, on tv or on radio has to be canadian content they also get their milk in a bag and the tv show has to be canadian so (laughs) They also get their milk in a bag. (laughs) Well, they're better than us. I'll take milk in a bag all day long. It gets delivered in a bag. My Canadian friends showed me, and it's really strange. (laughs) I love how that was such a pinpoint for you. (laughs) Still blows my mind. So I think that 60% of milk has to be Canadian and in a bag. The other 40 can be in a glass bottle (laughs) or cardboard carton. But so, I think um, that's why we don't see a lot of these people in shows, right? Because they can't export stuff. Oh, they yeah. don't export stuff out because so much of well, it is, right? I was it's like thinking of shows like Red Green. Ferg, you remember the show Travelers I, I got you to watch? Yeah. Literally everybody on the show is Canadian. And it's like a 15-person cast. Fifteen person cast. Every hmm. single person is Canadian, filmed in Canada, and everything. I thought that was really strange. People live in Canada. No, I know. I just, I just thought it was weird that like, like it's a country. They do. They're all Canadian. Like it's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> well, just to give so you another you... reference point too, like if you look at Dark Side of the Ring, right? So that's pretty much film. All of they have to film. Oh, they get like uh, breaks on their filming and everything because they film all the reenactments and use all actors for all that stuff who are Canadian. And that's the reason Chris Jericho was even the narrator the past couple seasons because he is Canadian too. So to get like the yeah. funding to do this. You have to have X amount of, you know, Canadian, mm. whatever. I know Vancouver is a huge shooting city. Not well. It is. Toronto yeah. is, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I guess, like, yeah, most... Yeah, because they, they make Toronto look like a bunch of American cities. Like, yeah. They use it for New York like a lot. Plain. So, yeah, it's easier to morph. Fun um, fact. that Remember that shitty Ninja Turtles live action show, The Next Mutation? With Venus. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was all in Toronto, and they made it look like New York. And every once in a while, they'd slip up and have, like, the the canadian signs in the background <laughs> i think the same thing for rumble in the bronx oddly <laughs> it's the bronx i'm pretty sure it's vancouver um yeah I, I mean a ton of stuff that's been historic for 
a, a long time. I think like most of Fever Pitch, which is all about the Red Sox, was filmed in Toronto, except for like scenes that they couldn't avoid it. But yeah, let, let, let's move on. Um, well, just real quick to that though, has anybody here never been to Canada? I've never been to Canada. Really? <laughs> <in> Montreal. <laughs> we went yeah. to Canada together. Well, I didn't oh, go no, to Canada. No, no, I, I, I don't know why I didn't go to Canada, but I, didn't <laughs> I go thought to you Canada. were with us. No, he wasn't. Long story short, we went to Canada when we were 20, and Ferg mm. insists that he wasn't invited, but he 100% you didn't was invite invited. me. You were invited. You talked about the trip in front of me, but never invited me. <laughs> we invited you. I could have sworn you came. No, he didn't come because he's been talking about this for the last 15 years. <laughs> so, uh, I don't remember a damn thing from that trip. We'll go back. If you That's guys want, we'll all go up to Montreal. I don't um, think I'm allowed in Canada. You we might not be. Now. Canada's you, super yeah, locked down still. It. Well, no, none of us are right now, but. Yeah. No, well, I'm When the actually... world opens up, we'll talk about it. Great time, though. We went to I PEI don't remember. a couple years I've... ago, and I would highly suggest going to PEI. It's amazing and super beautiful and it's a way bigger city than you think it is and there's tons of stuff to do it's and it's a kind of Where's a potato P? prince edward island okay mm-hmm. uh we actually have a picture in front of a like three-story tall potato from when we were there oh is awesome. that, I, I remember the that's picture where that that's where that's yeah. from yes. yeah that so that checks out okay Girl. i could Are you sure it wasn't the big knowledge. show <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, we meet the family, and they're all very like rich, entitled. They're they're obviously not likable people. They don't give you much early on, even throughout all this chaos going on. Not a lot of reason to side with them. You don't know really the story yet. You get a little bit of talking when um, Moira and Johnny are talking, and it was something about like how his funds were handled. But we don't have much information yet. They're just one thing I love about this too house. is. Oh, I'm sorry. One thing I love about this too, I was gonna say, is that. They do a really good job of never letting you know where they are, what country, what place. They sort of keep this show in its own little bubble that it could be anywhere. Yeah, I think smart. the most important thing they show right away is that all the people who come in to take all the assets, their jackets just say revenue agency. Yeah. It's not the IRS. It's not whatever yeah. the Canadian version of the IRS is. It's just like a jacket that says police, right? Like you don't have to know where it is. And I always thought that was really interesting in the show. I wonder if that's a show like them who it's all canadian like we we're talking about earlier thinking like this could have some legs to sell it elsewhere to sell it to the states let's not isolate the viewers too much i'm sure yeah it's part of probably what they're thinking to make it as like universal as possible and so actually in done... canada it is called the revenue agency oh, oh is it yeah you oh dumb, fuck dumb. me well never mind um so once they clear out the house we kind of see them it's just like them sitting on like the couch at this point there's nothing else in the house except for that giant painting of all of them in the background and they're sitting talking with someone i don't know if that's like a finance or who he was who is conversing with them but he was kind of giving them all the rundown of what's happening i think it was their lawyer yeah was it a family lawyer yeah i thought he was with the agency right so we find out that like basically their business manager wasn't paying the taxes which which we thought, which they thought the business manager would be taken care of, and it was not happening that way. But and he took um, everything and he absconded to the Caymans. Yeah, so they they are allowed to keep a small amount of money, and for whatever reason, uh, a town that the father bought in 1991, <laughs> which was like they didn't really explain the joke. It was just like a joke that he bought it, and it was to make like the son laugh. But um, yeah, it's because of the name. Right, but then it was like a whole like, well, why didn't you just Photoshop it? And he's like, what? well, the joke is that I bought it, so I bought it. 
There's like this really dry disconnect there, which is pretty funny. And the dry humor of this is just perfect, right? Which is, I think the best part of the whole show is the humor is just so, so dry. Yeah. And so now, basically, because he was allowed to keep this town that he bought, which, you know, there's no explanation of why that's exempt other than we need uh, the show to exist, right? But um, they're allowed to move there and could live there for next to nothing because he already owns the entire town. And that's basically the premise of, like, what's going to happen in this show. It's like this rich family is leaving their their beautiful mansion to live in this small remote town that he had bought, you know, 30 years prior. Now I'll say this. I'm very confused by this whole concept. And for this reason, can you buy a town? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you buy a town? I think it needs to be like unincorporated land. land or something like that, that you can buy. But I don't know specifically. Yeah. Because yeah, like, so like, for example, I, I, I just think don't... like a sheriff, is the police of an unincorporated land, and I think you have to pay in to let that happen. Whereas, like a city or town has a police department, like that's Sheriff's one also, thing. Fire yeah, department, sure. same thing. Well, like we're gonna um, meet the m- mayor later, taxes. right? And, and so that's we, how that's how he buys the town. Um, it, it it's owned by it in Roland's family, and then he sold it. But and I don't even know you could own a town properly to be able to sell it at this point. Like I thought. And you know what? It, it, they didn't explain the you know, like like we talked about if it maybe the rules in Canada are different, but yeah, I maybe, can't yeah, imagine. Maybe he just owns a bunch of Canadian land, and you can be like, "This is Shit's Creek. This is yeah. Fergberg. This is." Uh, I want to live in Fergberg. Fergberg. <laughs> All a welcome in Fergberg. <laughs> Keep an eye out. Maybe eventually we'll sell Fergberg, Massachusetts shows. <laughs> Fergberg, Massachusetts. Woodware would move. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all right. So I was a little confused by that. And then the intro is... Um, I also love like right title there, though, when they were talking what? to the lawyer and they're like, is that what we have to do? And he says, well, homelessness is still on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, those are their yeah, options. Because she was like, well, we can move into a penthouse. Like they very confused by like, they just don't seem to understand. And this comes up later too. They just don't understand the weight of what's going on. Like the severity of it. But yeah. The intro is just a uh, title screen, a uh, short little music, not really much to it. Uh, kind of reminds me of weeks ago. We did uh, the good place. Kind of like that. Not yeah. a, the same tone, but the same. Seem like little. Here it is. This is the name of the show. Here's four seconds of music. We're gonna cut right into it. And you know, I like that style. I think that works a lot now. Even though we grew up on like these iconic jingles that we remember, but a lot of times in modern shows, it it doesn't feel right. Sometimes I can't think of a lot of like modern sitcoms that there's like this jingle that is like gonna be iconic anymore. I don't know. There's there's, there's Certainly, I'm trying, some. I'm trying to think of one. I was going to say South Park, but then I realized that that's like 30 years old. Yeah, and like the Office jingle is pretty iconic now, but no I'm words. I think on of it one with words, though. I'm like, yeah, without words, like you think coming. the Curb is a big one, right? Like everyone yeah. knows that music. But we don't have like that, like step by step, which we we talk about step by step so much on this show. It's it comes random. up a lot. Yeah, Family Matters, Fresh Cody Prince, all these songs, wife. Full House, like all these shows that you know all the lyrics to. Like th- there's not a lot of those right now. I don't feel. I think and if I honestly can't think of any because those songs explain the whole plot of a show, and I think now yeah. it's just like they don't want to hammer that in so hard. 
Right. And if you guys who are listening can think of great examples, by all means, uh, tweet us, uh, send it on an Instagram post, whatever. S1E1pod.com. You can find all the links to that stuff. Ferg at S1E1pod.com. Yes. <laughs> Ferg, that's got to be a new uh, Instagram handle. Can't <laughs> so, name myself um, after my town in Canada. So we're, we enter the next scene, right? So now they're unpacking all their things from like a bus, right? And they're in front of the shitty motel. And out pops yeah. like a like a trucker looking guy who we uh, soon find out's the mayor, and his name is Roland Shit, which I just thought <laughs> probably makes Gordo and Nick laugh every time they hear it. You know yeah, what, I, Jay? I never realized that. Really, oh, really? <laughs> I never realized the Roland part of I it. I didn't realize it even until a just little now, bit. Wow, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I didn't um, realize and, until you just said it. But again, the how good the writing is, they don't telegraph it. They just say it. No, and like, if yeah, you get it's it, you just get very it. matter of fact. Yeah, we'll just move nice. on. It, it, we said before, it's a very dry humor, which which is very perfect for that. And uh, Roland is played by Chris Elliott, who Chris Elliott, I mean, I'm trying to think. There's so many things he's been in. Cabin Boy. Cabin Boy. I probably think of one. like Groundhog Day. I probably Maybe just think of Boy. SNL for like his short stint on SNL. I think of a lot of I'm that. Scary stuff. movie. Scary movie. The, the scary scary movie. Grab my good hand. hand. A good hand. I was trying to think of who he was, and I couldn't yeah. place him. Thank you. My Thank favorite you. sketch. Really I think mad. SNL is maybe at thirty-five years right now, and I bring is this up weirdly often. Zima? My favorite sketch. Yep, the Zima sketch from SNL is my yeah. favorite sketch of all time, and Chris Elliott is just amazing in that. Yes. And it's so weird and so dark, and it's. I have perfect. zero recollection of him on SNL, like ever. The Zima sketch is like season. iconic. The tastes like candy. Yeah, like that's candy with Mark McKinney, <laughs> another Canadian. This is one yeah. of those casting choices that I like. I can't picture anybody else doing it. Oh, nailed it! No, you know, yeah, like no it was just such a perfect, perfect casting. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we meet him, and uh, he's gonna like take them into the motel, and the kids kind of wait behind while the the parents go inside to check in or get situated. And there's this like little interaction between the brother and sister where they just keep telling each other to shut up and they're just going back and forth, <laughs> shut up, shut up. Um, I was curious, how do they, do we get into roughly how old they are? Because they, they don't seem young. They look like they're, uh, in, they're in their 20s, 30s. early 30s. Yeah, I would guess 30s, even if nothing else. Say it later. The age of, um, the parents, right? Like they couldn't. Yeah, because he mentions of... his 60th birthday later. So like, yeah, I yeah. could see them being in their like early 30s. But in in many ways, I think just because of their entitled like lifestyle, they are very childlike and you know, stunted. Uh, depend- for sure. they're, they're very dependent yeah. on their parents. Yeah, so they they act a little younger than they they are. So inside the motel, uh, there's this uh, girl at the desk, and they're trying to get their reservation or whatever. There's nothing under their name, so um, Roland says, "Oh, we'll give them two comp rooms." And because he's the owner of the town, but is Roland like, does he own the ho- the motel to that's be able to I do was, that? No, he doesn't. I but I could see why you'd think that from. This yeah, episode. that's one of those it's things. That never addressed. Later. He doesn't. But it's definitely vague. Right. Yeah. I thought it was really weird that he was able to just be like, give them two comp rooms and like, OK. And like, he could just do that. It's more just him trying to exert. that He thinks he has so much power in this little town that he can go to a private business and just say i'm the mayor hook these people up but it worked <laughs> so i mean i guess <laughs> it does work and we meet stevie stevie did you say her name stevie bud 
Yeah, I didn't get into yeah. it, but yeah, Steve's yeah. her name, yeah. Can I say, if the owner of the town came in, couldn't he have just asked for a comp room too? Like, why would the mayor hold more That's power That's another reason why it's owner? confusing. Because um, Chris Elliott even, like, explains to him, he goes like, I can only cop one room, and you're lucky I'm throwing in another one. And then he's like, oh, we can't do a third. Uh, we, we need this room and this room. Yeah, like, he acts he, like he's in charge of the situation, or... I thought, no, no, yeah, no, I I thought that was that, played a little weird. I, I got that, but, I mean, you, you'd think that, like, the guy owns the town. Right. But and I still don't quite m- understand what owning a town means. Neither do <laughs> so, I, but, yeah. I think I this mean, may have been a case of this is the pilot. And maybe they figured some stuff out later on and they explained it later because yeah. it doesn't make any sense why Chris yeah. Elliott would have that ability. Yeah. And maybe they sort of pivoted and you just kind of don't think about it. You just, just like kind of go along, right. you know? Yeah, it makes and sense. And I, I did think the scene also is more example of the um, not really understanding. Like, he's asking if they have suites. She's demanding at least three rooms. Like, they just don't really get that they are in, like, the worst case scenario situation and and they have to just anything they get is a positive. Like they've lost everything, but they're still, they can't get out of their like bougie lifestyle. And when was the last time you assume either one of them stayed in a motel, right? So the kids never have, and they would have, when they maybe first met before businesses and stuff took off. So it would have been at least 30 years. I'm not of their wealth. And I can't think of the last time I've been in a motel. It's been a long time. I did. A, I mean, yeah. I have a few times. One <laughs> time weekend. we were in North Carolina. We were driving. We were on tour. We drove in. We had like Expedia or somewhere reservations, right? So we oh, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Joe is with a traveling circus. That's true. <laughs> and uh, so it's like three in the morning. We've been driving all. We, like, we left Boston and we made it to North Carolina, right? So we're driving all through the day, all through the night, right at the border of South Carolina. We pull into the parking lot of this motel that looked very much like the Schitt's Creek, the Rosebud, and there was a prostitution sting happening. So there was just like 50 cops arresting 50 sex workers, and it had sort of like one of those like U-shaped um, driveways. So we drove in, saw it was happening, slowly just drove back out and just drove down the road for like another hour <laughs> until we found a place so we could call her we like there's no way we're staying in a place it's an active crime scene we're gonna just keep going and that's probably my Sounds favorite spicy you should motel uh, experience you should have sounds spicy i remember when we were on that road trip Too many cops. we went we pulled into a motel we had been driving for a very long time and it was like the seediest looking motel, but inside it was like the nicest rooms ever. Very was comfortable. Was that the New bed. Jersey one? It was, uh, I forget. I remember you got trapped in the bathroom with a moth. That was the New Jersey one. Yeah, that, that was one. terrifying. <laughs> and then Ferg, you came out after uh, taming the moth with an entire shaving cream covered <laughs> bikini, right? That was That's a movie. different trip, all right? And that, that was also in New Jersey, though. <laughs> New Jersey makes me do crazy things. Yeah, something about the Garden State really doesn't <laughs> The <work>. moths. <laughs> Uh, so we finally get into <laughs> the rooms themselves, right? And uh, the first thing um, Johnny says is it smells like a gym bag. And I, I think that is such a, descript- like a descriptive smell that as soon as he says it, you know exactly what he yeah, means. Yeah, you know what that means. You smell it. Like, you smell yeah. it in your head right away. And then um, this is when uh, Roland, the mayor, gets into basically explaining that it brings back a lot of high school memories. And he's essentially fucked in every single room in this motel over the years. 
and said if, if you were like team flash- came in here with one of those blue lights this place would light up yeah <laughs> so gross <laughs> And, like, the whole family is, like, notably distraught, and which is, like, understandably so. It's, like, the one time you can finally relate to them is being, like, okay, I'm with you on this one. This is disgusting. This is also the and, first time, too, that you get a good glimpse at what David is wearing, and he has the most insane outfit on. He's wearing shorts that go down to, like, his ankles, and his shirt goes down to his knees, and everything is, like, super flowy. It's just such an amazing look. Like, yeah. You immediately think, like, this dude is, does not belong here. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot of cutting back and forth over, like, because um, the kids have their own room, and so they, they're kind of chopping back and forth. Um, so first we see um, the kids going into their room, and uh, Roland sits on, like, um, the parents' bed and just starts watching television. And then we go back to the kids' room, and... There's just this phone conversation she's having with her boyfriend where she just says okay 30 times in a row. Like, that's she's just okay, okay, okay. And then eventually Dan, we get to like, I love Dan Levy's fucking facial acting in that was hysterical. I also want to point out that she's on the phone from the beginning of the sh- uh, show to th- this point. That's at the six minute and 30 second point. She's still like, it's always a good call. Yeah, during that whole ransacking thing, she was on the phone too. Like in the beginning, and she's talking to Stavros, her uh, <laughs> her boyfriend in Greece, right? Right. And um, yeah, and Johnny keeps trying to get Roland out of their room. He just does not. He's not getting the picture at all. And then we cut back to David, who's he goes to the front desk again and is talking to what you said. Her name is Stevie. Stevie. Was that ever addressed in this episode? I looked I it up, so. but I, I didn't no. know if there was ever a point where they said her name. I don't think they did. They no. never say her name in the first episode. Oh, okay, they don't. Okay. See, that's the hard thing when you do an episode of the show or you know the show. So while you try to block things out, but yeah. character yeah. names. When I watch a lot of, not to get off too too much, but when I watch any TV show for the first time, I have a really tough time remembering names of characters. I'm like usually like a good few episodes in before I really start to grasp who things are. So for like for our show... I'll watch it, but then I have to like look up the cast to kind of plug the names into my notes because I don't know if it's addressed or not, and then I don't want to go a whole episode going, the guy did this, the guy did that. So eventually I have to just look up the name. By the way, I'm having the hardest time ever not talking about future episodes and more than any other show we've ever done. (laughs) This is a tough one, yeah. This one's really easy for me because it's the first time I've ever seen it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And we're not too ahead of ourselves, but I hope that you both I hope that you both watch it after this for sure. We'll discuss it later, obviously, but we'll that's discuss my hope. that. Yeah. So uh David goes uh back to the front desk and he sees Stevie there, and that's when he asks if like the motel has a business center, and she has this really dry, like uh sarcastic reply back to him, and which just makes David kind of storm off. And like I do really like Stevie's character. I think she plays that role really well. There's just something about her delivery. It's not just that she's dry and like kind of bitchy but like there's something about it like i don't know i i can't quite put uh She's place like my Daria finger grown up right there's something unique in a way about the way that she approaches but yeah definitely also familiar with other characters um it's good casting really yeah you know who she reminds me of like like um wow i can't think of her name aubrey plaza in parks and rec Oh, okay. I can, oh, I can, I can see, see a, a similar yeah. tone to those characters for sure. Yeah, they're just super sarcastic, don't really fucking care about other people. Yeah. And I think if you go back to what Ferg said with Daria, it's, they're all kind of in that same wheelhouse, right? What the hell is her name on that show, by the way? 
Aubrey Plaza's April Ludgate. April. I couldn't have seen the show a thousand times. Could not remember her name. Parks and Rec. Another show we will most definitely eventually do on here. So now we get to the scene that I thought was a funny scene where David and his sister are like debating which bed. Like he wants the furthest from the door because he's under the assumption if a murderer comes in, he's going to attack the first bed first. (laughs) And she's like, what are you even going to do? Just watch me get murdered and then try to run away. And, that's the plan, uh, sort of. <laughs> yeah. And as I'm well, watching, that's though, I'm thinking, logic, like, though. you're going to kill from, the first two person first, no, right? No, but you see, you see, the the logic is though that you're going to walk in, you're going to you're going to stab the first bed that you see, the first person that you see. It's not going to be the immediate one because they kind of tucked away. Yeah, I, had, I actually thought the it. same thing Gordo did. If no, you open no, the door, go after the one in open sight. Your line of sight from when you open the door. <laughs> but if I was the murderer here, right, yes. I'm gonna go and kill these people. If I did it, people. <laughs> yeah. If I'm gonna open the door, I'm gonna see the first bed is straight across from your face. You're not gonna look at the one on your peripheral. You're gonna look straight ahead. But the other so one's the bed not that far from the door. It's right next to you to as it. OJ Gaglioni now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're the one who, um, I think in our third Rock from the Sun episode, said that if you could have any car, it would be the OJ Bronco, though, correct? Yeah, and that would be really easy. I can borrow it from you. <laughs> just take my side. That's a bitch and ride. It's a good car. I'm just saying, if you open the door, it just makes more sense to get the other bed first. I like how much Jay thought about this. Especially if there's a, a waiter in there who is just bringing back somebody's yeah. glasses. Well, all right, listen. We'll both go attack two motel rooms and we'll see who's more successful. You go to Your the person's going to get away. Both my people yeah. are going to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them's going to be that- Hitler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next episode we do will be in 50 years to life. This is going to be like, a, it'll be like our country album. It'll be our live from San Quentin. It'll be the next podcast episode. <laughs> Don't worry. We can hide in Fergberg. <laughs> <laughs> Fergberg is a non-extradition county. <laughs> and um, yeah, so uh, during this debate also is when... Um, we find out that Alexis's boyfriend is supposed to fly in to kind of rescue her from all this, but she has like no intention of bringing her family with her. She's going to go live with Stavros. Is that his name right? Stavros? Stavros, yeah. Yep. And they yeah, drop some weird hints this. to show how like what his level is because like, they say like Mary Kate and all this stuff. Yeah. I Florida. got a problem with this though. She was on the phone with him, I assume, while they were being ransacked. If he was going to go pick her up, wouldn't have that been the time to go and pick her up? He wasn't even in America or Canada. He's like a cross. But he was still flying. You're still in touch. Like, I mean, if he's that rich and he's got a private charter. I think like, the point was he and... was never going to. Yeah. I think the point yeah. is that, yeah, she thinks it's a way more serious relationship than it actually is. Yeah. That was the yeah, thing well, that I mean, David kind of got right? on her for. Da- David was like, you guys have only been together for three months. She's like, it's in been the, almost four months. Almost and four, David. No, she said yeah, it's going to be four months next month. In the next meaning month. it's yeah. three oh, months. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't even pick up on that. I didn't pick up on that either. <laughs> yeah, I and, did. Uh, I thought that was cute. And she also had said that, like, and he's also, like, getting close to considering potentially telling her that he loves her soon. <laughs> so yeah, This is the most so, depressing scenario. Yeah, so things are getting pretty serious between her and him. So, um... And now they're they're still going back and forth about who's going to get murdered first. But um, the the kids eventually go back to their parents' room, where we still see Roland. Like, uh, oh, I forgot to mention. Oh, he's taking a massive shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so they're still waiting for Roland to come out of the bathroom. This and... is the Gordo scene of the episode. 
Well, I was going to say too the the I love the the exchange between him and the uh, mother when she's like, "Is it necessary?" And he's like, "Oh, that train has left the station. It is absolutely necessary." I, I was picturing you giggling. Like, yeah, me too. I, I did. Episode, I like, giggled at that. Yeah, we're at a point now where I have like a bookmark of like that's the Gordo part of every episode, <laughs> yeah. and that was the moment. Every time and he just to go shakes to the off laughing and then walks away into their bathroom. It's just like immediately I was like, God damn it, Gordo. Somewhere I just like to thank Gordo for being here this. because I would be that guy had he not been here. So it takes the heat off. You, appreciate you it, saved yeah. Nick from being the poo friend. <laughs> I did write the book on poop. So <laughs> I actually have right near my hand. Gordo's book oh, on poop. Yeah. The secret shit. I have an autographed copy. Amazon. Gordo autographed mine, so. Yeah, I think mine's autographed too, actually. Mine's not autographed. I just got a regular version, like a chump. He signed it with poo. <laughs> <laughs> he was using I a brown marker that day. I don't yeah. know what he <laughs> Next time I see you, I'll sign it. I'll sign both of yours. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, so Roland finally exits in the bathroom uh, and informed yeah. him that the window's not working. <laughs> so, uh, Obviously, there's a little bit of a smell that's stuck in the motel room, and you can see, you can definitely see in the background, um, especially, I think David's character is, is really reacting to the smell. And, yeah, and uh, again, again, like Nick had mentioned earlier, the facial acting, his acting at the smell, and the, just his general disgust is, just, it's like it's like a classic mime. It's so yep. fucking perfect. Yeah. And uh, again, still, he's just really not getting the picture, and... Uh, Sits right back down and is like going right back to the TV. Um, and then this was maybe like the best part to me of this entire episode because Roland's not picking up on all these cues about like, you know, you got to go, you got to go. And like, you know, maybe it's time for some family time. And Roland, he, Roland's just not getting that. Hey, listen, I got to leave. And then finally, Johnny just snapped and he goes, Roland, will you get the fuck out? <laughs> and there's just that <laughs> silence. And like, you could just see like Roland's heart breaking in half. He's so upset. <laughs> and uh, it's so out of and, character, too, for Eugene Levy, because he'll get like flustered in, in movies and TV shows yep. and he'll yell. But it's yeah, always it's like never that, a like, thing. Seinfeldian high, like. So he like and he legit yells, and he pulls back so a little funny. bit too because he does feel bad afterwards. Like he, he's trying to, like, you know, this has been a stressful day, and like our medications all wearing off, and like, you know, we just need a little private family time. And Roland, Roland's still obviously very upset by this, and is like, you know, he's talking to him, but you can see he's pissed because he brings up the get the fuck out part again later, and um. Quietly, kind of. I, I love the delivery too of, from, from each of them. Like when he goes, "All right, I'm just gonna get the fuck out." It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. And um, I assume he was going to get a Zima and lick his wounds, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then uh, the, the next scene is the family goes to like a diner to grab food, and uh, Moira calls out Alexis because like she's like, "Oh, this place is like cute," and she's like, "What's with you? You've been very positive. Like you said, like you know you." you see what kind of character she is. So it's extremely out of character for her to be very positive about all the environments. Like when they got into the motel, when they get to the diner, she keeps like glass half fulling the situation, which isn't who she naturally is. And that this eventually, is uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think the best part about this entire scene is just how insane the menus at the diner are. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're so people. big. 
yeah, they're trying to all look at it, and they just more and more pages keep coming out. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. Did you and, and um, uh, Jay? I don't know if you knew that that's uh, uh, Eugene Levy's daughter. I did. I did. Because, yeah, like well, I said, I have to look up character names. So <laughs> as soon as I saw that her actual waitress? name ended, Levy, yeah, the, yeah, the waitress, waitress is, is Eugene Levy's daughter Levy's. Too, and David's. Uh, I actually didn't sister. know that. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. David's uh, sister, Eugene Levy's daughter. Yep. I just knew about and, David. I didn't have Well, they don't look no I mean like I can when when you look at um Dan Levy, like you can it's, see that that's Eugene Levy's son. Yeah. But <laughs> with her, she looks very like totally different like skin complexion, her whole like It's tough without having the reference of their mother. Right. You know, I don't know what they, assuming, I don't know what she looks like. Yeah, I'm yeah, assuming my assumption she looks, is she looks like, like the mother. Yeah. yeah. Because he looks so much like the father. Yeah, and uh so the waitress character, I can't remember the character's name. Twyla. Was it Twyla? Twyla, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, so she's talking to them when she when she see when she goes to give them those gigantic menus, and is basically like, "Oh, I read about you guys." Like she knows the whole story because it was like in the paper or whatever, and then immediately relates it to like her cousin who got in trouble for like making a fake telemarketer company and got arrested and sent to jail. Lucky and, he went uh, to jail. Like, so. And he's like, that's not quite the same, but okay. And she's like, right. She's like, and mentions he went to prison and, uh, but he's learning Spanish and then said something that he taught her and which hey, I Joe. believe meant stop. It hurts. <laughs> no mas le duele. Stop. It hurts. Yep. <laughs> my favorite joke of the whole episode. Yeah. I, I really love good. when she shows up though, because, um, Moira is in the process because that she just found out that, um, Alexis is planning on leaving. Right, so she's in the process of calling her. Um, what was it a selfish, duplicitous whore? And then she looks at and goes, "Oh, hello." Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so Look, good. Selfish, duplicitous, uh, duplicitous whore. There's so much great throwaway line <laughs> writing in this show that there's just like, it's not like Married with Children where there's a joke every five seconds and you can't keep up. But there's a joke so quickly and it's just so dry yeah. that sometimes you're it's, like, yeah, Wait, it's, it's like deadpan. Like, can, they, they say it in such seriousness. And what is with her like transatlantic accent? Her right. land, her accent is bananas, and it's so funny. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have any. She's specific supposed region. to be like a classically trained actress, like like an old timey thing. I think that's what they were going for, but I could be wrong. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, like it's an, it's a weird old Hollywood. I mean, that's how she usually something. talks, though. Like even out of character, or maybe not. not actually, actually. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I don't have enough reference. Usually, she goes, Kevin. Yeah. I was waiting. I was said. like, "Is somebody gonna do it, or do I have to?" Thank you for. Um, I'm, I I literally don't think I can get my voice to that register anymore. Like, I don't think it's possible. But um, I mean, at least try. Good thing I have this ridiculous high pitched voice. Give it a shot. I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> let me try. Come in. No, nope, <laughs> I, I think I just popped the mic. So I think. Uh, so I apologize. Either we broke your ears, or we edited it out completely. So, uh, no, that's staying in. Okay. Kevin. We'll see, we'll see how. Well, it depends on how much we can edit for a Kevin. <laughs> Hi, kids. I'm home early. <laughs> wow. Good one. Um, what I was curious about is like throughout the scene, this is when we find out, or when they find out rather, that she plans on escaping when the parents find out at least, because David already knew. And she's like, no, you're not going. And it's like, couple things first she's clearly an adult so she could if she wants but second like why don't you want her to go just because misery loves company that's exactly it so. that's exactly yeah. it 
She because like she why wouldn't you just think like oh at least someone escape. gets out of here? Yeah, you would think like the the right parenting move, and obviously they're not like favorable characters like in as far as like their their character goes. But like, if either of your kids has a chance to escape this terrible situation, you should be embracing it. Like, instead, it was like if I'm doing this, you're doing this. So they return to the motel and they discover that the doors are missing from their rooms. <laughs> and uh, Alexis is very concerned about her stuff, to which David's just like, we don't have any stuff. And Moira's like, I have stuff. <laughs> yeah, I have stuff. <laughs> which then, is another uh, thing, too. I mean, I'm not going to jump ahead to the show or anything, but one of the best parts of the opening scene in this, when they're going through the house frantically trying to pack what they can, all Moira is packing wigs. is wigs. wigs. <laughs> She's yeah. just shoving, yeah. like, a bunch of Andy Warhol wigs into a bag. It's I so actually great. forgot to mention that at the beginning. She uh, she names all of her wigs, and they put two together that don't like each other. And she gets really <laughs> upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing, actually, as we talk about it, because I don't know the right place to sneak this in, because later in the episode, like, towards the end, you see her with, like, far less makeup on. In the beginning of the episode, her makeup is so thick, but it aged her incredibly. Like, not that she's like the youngest. No, person she nowadays. just she aged very poorly. Unfortunately, no. But I, I think at the very end of the episode, you see her with like almost no makeup on. Like, I don't want to skip completely ahead, but like it's basically the last scene that you see her in, it's and she doesn't wings. have all that makeup make, on, and she not looks even considerably the younger. That makeup aged her even more so, though, because it was like very significant early in the episode. It was like just so. I don't know, like dark colors on the eyes, the bright lips. It just, it just really did a number on her. She had a very Cruella Deville like look to her, like at that point of the episode. I wonder if that was intentional, right? Because Cruella Deville is a pretty purposeful look to go for. Right, right, right. Um, so they see there's no doors. So Johnny goes and goes to talk to Stevie at the front desk, and immediately she's like, "Is this about doors?" So she knows exactly what (laughs) happened. And uh, points him in the direction of Roland's house. Um, says you got to go talk to him. We cut back to the room, and Moira's <laughs> just screaming because she can't find her diamonds anywhere, and she's just like screaming every time she looks somewhere new. Like that, I that I literally I I just watched that a couple weeks ago because, like I said, I was rewatching the show, and then I had to watch it again today, and I laughed as hard as I did like two weeks ago. Like <laughs> she's weird. checking each, every time she's she screams. Each tissue. I, <laughs> yeah, the point of tissue. Like, her pitch though was so funny. I don't know how I a voice like can be that part. funny. Oh, I, I, I didn't did like, like this part. part. Really? Every oh, time she checked hilarious. something yeah. new, she screamed as if <laughs> she was equally surprised that it wasn't. Well, nobody was pooping, so I didn't really like it. <laughs> no, I just found it annoying. I don't know. And I didn't. I was like, when she opened the drawer and found like the light bulb, her reaction to the light bulb was so bizarre. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like, understand what? it really, but I think no, that was, it was the point. Like, I don't yeah. know. She made a really weird noise too when she found it too. It was like it was just really weird. I didn't understand what was going on, but it I made I me think of that scene in Coneheads where she picks up the, uh, <laughs> the eggplant, eggplant and just goes <laughs> and just smiles and puts it in her shopping cart. That was the exact. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> to take a peek behind the curtain of like a show like this, it must be so. Because I feel like that's one of those scenes where you kind of just curtain? like, yeah, you can you can kind of just well like let Catherine O'Hara do what she wants as like a director or a producer, whatever you know what I mean. And yeah. it's just gonna work, right? And I feel like yeah, that's like I feel one like of those the script things, yeah probably it, just says like Moira reacts harshly, you know what I mean? And she just had like 
free interpretation and do as she as she thought was proper. I, I know they have a great movies that they're all in, right? That they they don't really have a script; they have an outline. Like there isn't dialogue so much. There's direction as to this is where the plot needs to go, and they just let people sort of riff. So these oh, like these the shitty female Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. It was terrible. That's all that movie was. Co-starred in. Uh, yeah, I was one of the stars of that film, Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. You you really brought that one down, I think. Jay. Parentheses the shitty one. Um, I heard no complaints about my scene. <laughs> well, so were you talking to any of us, or <laughs> did you talk to somebody else about it? Uh, you can all say what you will. Uh, show of hands, has anyone else here been in a movie with Bill Murray? Nope, just me. I'll okay. have to check my IMDb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, um, this is when we see um Johnny walking down the street towards Roland's house, and like he sees him, and it's like it was an interesting first reaction because he's like hiding behind his own truck, and just trying to say that oh I was just Johnny's like I see you there, and then he's like oh I was just picking up some gravel or whatever it was. <laughs> I'm you know? gravel. Checking, huh? I'm checking the gravel. <laughs> yeah, this is also yeah. right before this too though when Stevie's telling him how to find the house, she's like take a left after the hotel and walk until you find the pickup truck with the bumper sticker of a naked Helen Mirren, <laughs> which is yes, so specific. Yes. <laughs> No. Here you go, folks, from last week. From last yep. week, yeah, I we promised yep. you. That's my fault for last week for uh, double watching shows, but it's been a, a hectic time. I had to double up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. One question, it's... though. You'd think that everybody in the town has a pickup truck, right? Well, yeah, but I don't like, know why the town it, has a pickup truck it's... that has a naked Helen Mirren on it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty By the specific. way, did you ever catch a glimpse of that bumper sticker? Because I forgot to look for it after. Yeah, I don't think you see I it. No, then looked, you don't but... see it. Damn. No, you don't. I'm sure it. if you go on, like, there's probably websites where you could get one. It's funny, uh, too, because I, there's I, that I Office look. episode where they talk about how sexy Helen Mirren is when they're trying to make Pam feel better about being pregnant. I have yeah. no idea who that is, by the way. You'd know, and, I mean, formerly She's Helen Mirren, including uh, Fate what? of the Furious, Fast Nine, Hobbs and Shaw. Don't use I... those <laughs> movies for me. <laughs> we've gone over this before. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show. But Joe we is definitely talked about this privately. Joe's like weird obsession with the Fast and Furious movies is one of those things that if you know Joe outside, and we have for our, the entirety of our lives, it makes zero sense that he loves these movies so much. It's, it's like Jay being really thing. into like ballet. <laughs> <laughs> Finding out like um, Joe loves the Fast and Furious movies was like as equally surprising as when I found out like Ferg likes black beans. <laughs> it just felt like one of those foods you would never try. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh Well for uh, we'll go to the store, I'll buy some black beans at Hobbs and Shaw's. <laughs> That's a real regional reference there, everybody. Sorry. Is it? Shaw's I don't think there's Shaw's. Shaw's all through the country. I think Star Market. No, Shaw's is, Star Shaw's Market. is regional. Yeah, Star Market's Shaw, more. Shaw's is regional. It's owned by a parent. I don't know who owns it now. Uh, for those of you listening, I used to work for a supermarket um, years ago. and Before the movie game took company. you over. So, like, depending <laughs> on where you live, um, like, if you live near an Acme or a Jewel, like, those are different supermarket chains. They're all o- Albertsons. They're all owned under the Hannaford's. same parent company. So, like, those are all owned by the same company. So, depending on what part of the country you live in, it's really the same thing. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. But Hannaford seems to be the best one, I think. Hannaford's is great. Hannaford's. I mean, aside <laughs> from Wegmans. 
Wegmans. Wegmans. Anyway. Where is there a Wegmans, by the way? Medford. Uh, one in, like, Medford. Medford. There's a Wegmans in Medford? Yes. Yeah, where the, the Medical Med- Med- Mall used to be. So if Wegmans yeah, doesn't Wegmans. sponsor anybody, like you have some big fans here, Wegmans. So yeah, and Burlington. I'm in Burlington too, Nick. That's an easier yeah. drive, probably send, for no drive for that check people book. not being there. Burlington from Winthrop. Just for not, it's not as crowded. I mean, to food shop, to food shop. No, no, no food Wegmans shop? isn't a regular food shopping. You go to Wegmans to get things <laughs> like get other places. So you might have to take a longer drive. But the Wegmans in Joe, you don't is a drive. Nightmare. Joe, you don't drive. You don't have any idea of where towns are. Winthrop yes, I do. I'm in cars constantly. I, just because I don't Winthrop drive doesn't mean I don't know where towns are. I know what distances. Burlington, Massachusetts from Winthrop is like an hour plus. I'm aware because it's about half an hour from here. What I so said is... So why wouldn't you go 20 minutes to Medford? Because the Medford one is so you. busy, it's not worth the wait to you could be go going to... through there. Why is this happening? Is this <laughs> what is happening? We're what arguing is... about distances to grocery stores because okay, Joe made a Hobbs and Shaw joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Let's move on. Now. There's, right, there's on. a giant chunk of this that, yeah, we might have to trim down because right. I don't know if everyone's going to be I'm leaving that in, but... The whole thing. <laughs> so at this point, Johnny's demanding that the doors are put back, and Roland's basically saying, "Well, you disrespected me, so you know I took the doors out of anger." And he compares it to when his father took the door out of his room and said that privacy is earned, which is <laughs> a very strange situation. And I don't see how it applies at all as to why he took the doors from them. <laughs> I just love that that yeah. was his thing. He's like, fuck yeah. this guy. I'm taking his doors. Like, that's so <laughs> funny to me. Also, one of his reasons for getting the doors back is because his son is afraid of moths. Full circle like there, yeah. Um, Kelsey I'm Hooper. not afraid of moths. That was just a giant moth, and it was scary. It was moth One time. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I like there, too, is, so Johnny just says it wasn't personal, but just saying that it wasn't personal was Roland. Uh, taking his a sincere apology and he's like I accept your apology <laughs> and like in this moment like Johnny wants the doors back he should just go with it but it was really important for him to just insist like this was not an apology I'm just <laughs> well, explaining the situation apologize. to you yeah <laughs> he's like thank you for your deeply sincere uh, apology I accept it it was very very nice of you and then he goes back to using a very dirty rag to wipe down his tires which I, I know there's not a lot of ways to clean your tires, but just the way he was doing it just made me laugh so hard. Like, it just looked like it was the most uh, opposite action you would need for what he was trying to achieve. Now we end up back in the motel where um, Moira catches, like, Stevie outside and is, in so many ways, just saying, uh, I think you stole my earrings. And uh, you, you get this, like, very sarcastic reply back from Stevie where she's telling her, like, Oh, sorry. Like, I need to head off to the pawn store, uh, pawn shop before I close this because you know I owe my crack dealer money. Uh, I did think Catherine O'Hara's performance there was really good with accusing her without accusing her, like the way her inflections and everything. I thought, I thought she really nailed that. She like eased into it at first. She wasn't, and then she was. You couldn't really misconstrue misconstrue that as anything else. Yeah, she's like, I don't know how to be more. (laughs) She goes by no one was here but you, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just confirming that during the time that these went missing, you were the only person. No, on but the then property. at one point she goes, you know, if you just give them back, she outright. Right. Yeah, she finally cracks yeah. at the end. She and gave just up on trying yeah, to make him. Gives up the ghost yeah. on that one. She's like, I won't press charges. So yeah, she eventually just walks out. Stevie walks out, and but David, David. kind of chases her down, and really only because he's like in hopes of still trying to get the towel that he's been asking her for. Like you said, he asked thrice times now to get a <laughs> towel. 
And but, uh, I, but I love when David asks um, Moira what's wrong, and she goes, "He goes, I politely asked her if she stole my earrings. Now she's going to a pawn shop." Like, yeah, like she did not pick up on the sarcasm at all. She's just like that's. She's like, this bitch is going to the pawn shop now. She just basically told me she stole her earrings. I just, I love how good of a job they do. I mean, even with the moth comment, they do a great job of showing you how detached they are from normal human life. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like he's yeah. coddling this his his thirty year old son's moth fear (laughs) and she doesn't understand basic uh sarcasm it's just like there's a lot of it there that they're just so out of touch and also the next thing he says too is like can i ask you a question i think i think you're kind of rude and she's like it's not a question (laughs) like you even understand the (laughs) yes the structure of the how to ask a question and calling her rude though is actually what eventually lands in the towel right because she kind of took it as a compliment so she and that's what gave me the april thing that yeah. line right there is what made oh, me. That that was one of the only lines I felt really cringy in that. Like I, I didn't like that line. I'm only getting with you because I you call me rude and it's a compliment. I'm just like, oh, that's lame. That, that didn't flag me as anything too. I mean, it seemed a little. I don't know. I guess like for the rest of the stuff, it was super just, it sarcastic. Was yeah, a little, a little forced, I guess. A little um, bit. I think that gives you point, the hint that Stevie's there, but she also hates being there too, right? She's there for a different reason, but she also hates being yeah, there. Yeah, you don't know her story sort of yet. Them. Yeah, you don't know her story, but during her conversation with David, there's a lot of like, do you think I want to be here too? Like that's, so you know there's, a, there's some layers to her that we're going to find out down the road, or at yeah. least I would be to assume. Um, we keep talking about how like entitled and detached they are, and I wonder with Johnny's character, is that... Is he the one who, like, he seems like the, there are moments where he's like that as well, for sure. But are we to assume that he's maybe the most grounded of the family? He's for he's sure just the bizarre? most grounded, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, um, I don't, I feel like he wasn't raised that way and they were. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you mm. know, for whatever she was, she probably grew up the way her kids grew up and then married a rich man to, to, continue to live that lifestyle and the kids only know this lifestyle so yeah so yeah, even though he has his this, moments but he starts too. a company so he's like the head of a company that he started so he comes right. from nothing and the rest of the yeah. it's a video store is that what it, it is, Ro- oh, is it was rose it video rose video oh, yeah. yeah rose video it's like the third biggest chain in like the world oh okay kind of blockbuster whatever the two was kind of an interesting for the time because this show originally what i say it was like 2013 when that came out no, that's how he got started. Like that was oh, his okay. start, yeah, that was, and then that's he, not he, why he's rich. still rich. Right? He's yeah. Ventured off, and he became like an entrepreneur, and like started doing other things as well. Yeah, okay. I think the video. Say, game that's a weird thing to like her. rest your hat on in 2013. Still, yeah. Like, this is like I'm yeah. the video store guy. Again, we don't know any of this at this point either. Yeah, so this is yeah, we're also okay. Again, me breaking the rules. Yeah, this is a tough one again. We're working a little ahead of script here. And um, so we have um. This is when Moira tells Johnny about how her diamonds were stolen or have gone missing. And, uh, and it's because, like, the only reason she has them is because the one thing that she could hide under her tongue. So I guess during this whole, like, repossession thing, like, she, like, at least grabbed their, her earrings and, like, shoved them in her mouth real quick while everything was happening. can't be comfortable to hide earrings under your tongue, by the way. What's that? I can't be comfortable to just jam two earrings under your tongue. They're sharp. Um, well, it's better than well, uh, prisoning them, right? You have, what do they call it? Keystering? <laughs> You yeah. cut out really bad, and I thought you said something about John Travolta. 
Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I was really confused. <laughs> uh, my benefit, earrings are yeah. G's. Yeah, yeah. No, that's why I, I didn't hear you at first, but we have the benefit of uh, the actual audio recording we, the, where it would sound fine. But um, yeah, but this, uh, this is when we find out that the diamonds didn't go missing at all. It was just that Johnny moved them. He saw that they were in the tissue box and he put them in his shoe. And I don't know why the shoe is a good long-term spot either. But they, he just moved them. Because listen, shoe. if you're going to break into a hotel room or anywhere, really, right? You're not stealing somebody's shoes. Yeah, a pair of used or shoes even that checking might not fit you. Them. You know what yeah. I mean? But you know it's what I would a... say? You're not going to steal their box of tissues either. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, good point. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. That's a fair. Yeah, that I think fair. you're both right on this one. But is maybe that her original, original hiding place them? shouldn't have. She probably should have originally hit them somewhere a little more obvious, and then he went somewhere. Like do the reverse. You know what I mean? I don't think she hid them in the tissue box though. She yeah, was just, just frantically she was checking already looking there. Uh, well, cause she, but she went back to the tissue box when she was explaining it to him. I think she had that in hand. I don't remember clearly yeah. now, but I could have sworn she had it in hand again when she brought it up. So, why wouldn't you just wear them? Well, she, she had to hide it. She, she, should hide she shouldn't have them because the the revenue service was taking all the extra shit. But, yeah, no, yeah, but, but once she got off the air. bus, yeah, once you got off the bus, you could. I think she was in. already wearing earrings. Is the problem? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I think she was wearing less inexpensive earrings, gotcha. and she wanted to leave those gotcha. on. And this is when Alexis finds out. Uh, she just got a text from Stavros, and he's breaking up with her just because he already RSVP'd to Diddy's white party, so he can't come and pick <laughs> her up. And there it was are a like, few human beings in the world I would not want to go to a party with. Puff Daddy is one of them. That guy is the worst. Diddy, I would probably go to that party. That I'm sorry, it's Diddy now. Sick, I mean, right? I would go. I, I'm kind of with Joe. Like, I could give a fuck about P Diddy, but it's one of those parties I would like to say I went to. You know, he was really we're funny. Sorry, Mister Diddy, Greek. if you're a listener, uh, they don't speak for the rest of us. Well, we're not gonna get invited to Diddy's party. I would anyway. love to come. Not to with that attitude. Party. No. So, Mister Diddy, me and Ferg will graciously accept your invitation to the white party. I have nothing I could wear to that, but I know Ferg used to wear lots of white belts, so Plenty he probably still has a few. Um, send me a picture and it's like just the idea that like he had to pick either the party or stay with her because like he could have said hey i can't get you until tomorrow because i'm going to the party and it's like not logistically possible but instead he's just like hey i got this party we gotta break up this is also uh johnny's like you know what i've always hated stavros ever since uh we're at my 60th birthday party and he asked me if i wanted to do lines with him (laughs) (laughs) what do you say he's the he's the my Third. He's my least favorite Stavros. Yeah, there's been yeah, multiple yeah, Stavroses. <laughs> Stavro. That one, they they went. <laughs> Stavro. They glazed over that one, and I I questioned it too. I was like, did we talk about other Stavroses at one point? And no, that was just the joke. It was better to leave it there. I think <laughs> leave people wondering. Yeah. I love too where they start getting in a bickering match now, where David is putting back on her all her comments about. Oh, it's a hotel cute now. It's a hotel cute now. And her <laughs> yeah. one reminiscence of Stavros is <laughs> one time he put all his Molly in my glove compartment and I got arrested. <laughs> so she's saying it's like a great memory of their relationship. <laughs> yes. And that's when David's reply to all of those things was uh, don't ever repeat this to anybody else because it's just <laughs> such a depressing <laughs> list of achievements, quote unquote, that you have with this man. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't repeat it to to anybody that you respect. I think is what the what the full, full <laughs> you respect. Is. I love that yeah. so much. You know what I like too the um the <clears throat> the 
dialogue between her and him is like usually they put the brother and the sister like against each other, right? And they are like that for a portion of it, but you can tell that they are um they do work together at points, you know what I mean? When they're both trying to get out of there. And when even even though it was condescending, his comment to her was in a way looking out for her, you know, and stuff. It's just weird it's that they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they didn't just go the normal route with it. I also liked um, right before I, all that, I believe, is when Johnny was asking uh, David for help putting the doors together and he was refusing because he was still air drying <laughs> his hair. And that's when like Moira just yells like, to pick up the hammer and nail this coffin shut. <laughs> that was yeah. my favorite line. <laughs> yeah. There's so many great little she, she's, button yeah, lines. She has all like the one-liners. Yeah. Like, the best ones. Yeah, and, and we're about to get into another one, too, because that's basically the end of the episode. Yeah, and it then, ends on a great one, too. Yeah, so we have this, like, exterior shot. It's very, like, Waltons-esque. We see the exterior of the motel, and they're all saying goodnight to each other. So it's directly, like, every the end yeah, of every a real, episode uh, of the Waltons. Goodnight, John Boy. Yeah, and then... um. It just the last thing you hear is more just saying like pray we all don't wake up. <laughs> yes. <coughs> Another funny line I heard is that the when they first check in, she says she wants to take a bath. Uh, she wants to find a bath and a, a long extension cord. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's yeah. a great, great like. She's so like too. bubbly dark. It's weird. Like, <laughs> she's just like the most miserable out of everyone. Well, we talked about, about that I would too. Say... Is the long extension cord is also a bit of her understanding that she's in a hellhole, like hellhole motel, and there's no way that there would be an outlet close enough to the <laughs> tub for her to drop it. Needs in. to be so long. She yeah. needs to do it from another room. <laughs> yeah. Like she might need an extension cord. It's so funny. In a, a lot of ways, I thought her detail. character here was very reminiscent of her character in Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean they were they were they weren't really rich in that, but they weren't poor. You know what I mean? Like she was very fancy uh and wanted that kind of lifestyle, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, she was also I can see for- the- in Beetlejuice she was forced into a small t- like country bumpkin town she didn't want to be in. That's true too. Yeah. Idea. Right, yeah. Yeah. I coincidentally watched Beetlejuice like 2 months ago too. I just wanted to watch it again. It's a shame. It's so hard to watch Beetlejuice now because of Jeffrey Jones, though, or like any movie with Jeffrey Jones, an actor I loved so much growing up, and now it's like, oh, this makes. Oh, he had a lot of those um, younger charges, right? Wait, Jeffrey Jones was that the principal from First Bueller? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he did. No, I didn't know that. Uh, Uh, I would say he's a lot of pornography with people that weren't. Leave it at that. Don't ruin him for me. Yeah, damn. They weren't. um, Ignorance is bliss, Joe. Ed Rooney. Yeah. Hey, Rooney's office. Nine. So, yeah. I didn't know yeah, that. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, we won't call me sir, dive too it. deep into that because that's also, obviously a pretty disgusting thing to do. But um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. So we, at one point, I don't know if we talked about this. Um, but I watched very close together. Um, Beetlejuice and Little Monsters, and um, Howie Mandel's Maurice and Little Monsters is Beetlejuice, like. He definitely just saw Beetlejuice and was like, that's what I'm going to do. Smart. I haven't yeah. thought of that movie since it probably first Fantastic came out. movie. Watch that I watched one it recently. It's on it, one it, of the streaming is definitely sites. better, but Little Monsters is a great movie. They're just I, mean, I remember apples and oranges, it, I think, honestly, even though the main character is a similar. It's the only movie with both savages in it together. Wasn't the video game one? The video yeah. game one? Weren't they both no, in that they, one? They weren't both in. No, just Fred. Uh, what was the name of that movie? The Wizard. 
The wizard. Yeah, Lanny, I thought they were both. Lanny Poffo was not in um, <laughs> Spider-Man, right? Yeah, he's Bone Samagra in the <laughs> third movie. <laughs> oh, the savages. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you son of bitch. <laughs> you silly bitch. Um, so anyways, uh, so we covered the whole episode. Anything else you guys want to talk about as far as Shit's Creek goes uh, before we move on? No, except I will apologize, and I think that uh, any one of us in this podcast, I feel like I can speak for everybody who's seen this before, that sorry, this was a really tough one to not reference mm-hmm. the future of the show. I don't know what it is about this, this was show the hardest versus one. some other ones. I think it- luckily that um, a lot of people who might be listening to the show have also seen it too. Uh, it's a very popular show now, especially since it's been on Netflix. So I think we will at least cater to them a little bit in our inability to forget you know luckily jay didn't really watch it too so we had his uh outlook on it which was fresh and gordo as well right yeah yeah i I can't speak for both of us i can say from my end and i don't know about gordo i'll say as we went along with the show i wouldn't say that you guys said a lot that really tipped off a lot of future stuff so i i I was trying really hard to hold it back like there was stuff i want kept wanting to bring up and it's tricky i mean we say it all the time it it comes up uh you know we do our best to uh, on our show here what we do is we try to just really rate the pilot episodes of shows and ignore everything else and that's the whole premise of what we do here and it gets tricky because it's very tough when it is a show that you really like to shut that off sometimes and go, you know what? Episode one wasn't that great. Uh, or sometimes it's a show you didn't typically like, but you go, you know what? Watching the pilot makes me want to continue watching it for now. And like, that's kind of the fun of what we do. But it also, when it's a show that's kind of near and dear or something you've recently watched, it gets, it gets tricky to do that. So You know what's strange, too, is I, I feel like this is a little bit meta, uh, but we the the point of our show is to judge the first episode. And I feel like, you know, from you know 80s to you know early 2000s you your uh chances of finding a miss on a pilot are much greater than they are now i feel like the pilot is way more important now especially for networks i'll exclude the netflix originals and stuff like that because we've seen that a uh, a pilot can be garbage <clears throat> but um i think that they have kind of really figured out the formula and they're gonna get you with the first episode now more than they ever will or ever would rather Mm. trying harder for it yeah and one thing you mentioned netflix a few minutes ago too nick i think a really interesting thing about this show before we start talking about other stuff is this is a show that was originally just on only canadian network yeah what i say cbc was that what that's called yeah CBC? cbc yeah and then a very very for the most part small american network picked it up Right, so this was a show that was getting a lot of buzz, but most people couldn't find it. And then Netflix picked it up while it was still in um, production, and then started playing it, and it found an audience there that then built and drove people to the actual networks it was on. And that's a very unique sort of only of this sort of time. Yeah, it's a weird full circle that you have a streaming show first. You know what that makes me think of is, and then the, the streaming helped it. And then help the networks too. It's a really interesting I, scenario. I look at like um like Cobra Kai, right? Which is on Netflix now and exclusively to Netflix. Uh that season was one was first, a, right? it was a YouTube was it YouTube Red? Was that what they were calling it at the Re- time? Yep. Yeah, yeah. YouTube YouTube Red. Red. And that yeah. was a premium and it just didn't take off. They they really put all their eggs in the basket of that show, like, well, we have Cobra Kai, but people are like, Okay, that's not enough for me to pay for another subscription service. 
and the show kind of faded off. Like Fergo always really liked it, but like mm-hmm. it just didn't reach a lot of people. And then all of a sudden it moves to Netflix and the show explodes and becomes bigger than you'd imagine. And now they're like, you know, popping out day. like season four is like <laughs> right around the corner. So, but if that show had moved platforms, it, it wouldn't even, they, they wouldn't have made us. Yeah, uh, I think the second season was made, so it would have ended there. I feel like that show is a really good control because Ferg, I, I, as a fan of the show myself, I'm, I'm curious on whether or not you agree that that show at the end of the day really isn't that good. But, yeah, no, I think that there's I a disagree. There I love is Cobra way, I've never seen it. There is way too much cheese in it, I think. Uh personally. I don't know and I know it's it's probably catered to a younger audience, but um I and listen, I watch it and I will watch whatever comes out next, but I find myself cringing at it uh, more often than not. I think and I don't want to go on too long. I don't know if we'll ever it's quite a sitcom for us to get into it, so like um but to talk about it really quickly, I think it's one of those shows that balances nostalgia with like modern day in a way much better than other shows have. But I don't want to talk too much about uh, like a different show right now. We might one day do that. I don't know if it quite fits the sitcom theme that, we, that we're running, but I was, who knows? I, was, what, I don't think that said, fits personally, what, but... What you said about this helping the network and like moving over and like saving the show, I was hoping that would happen with that show, uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, because nobody saw it on friggin stars because nobody i love that story and i never watched it that show is so good and it just nobody watched it when it moved to netflix either and i'm just like damn how many seasons did that go i think it's three full seasons and it's excellent and is it still going or is it dead no it's dead on a cliffhanger oh i fucking hate that i hate that finding out stuff like that about shows makes me not want to start them sometimes if i know, I know i'm not yeah. gonna be like satisfied it's, it's, at the it's end, fully it's completed done. watch ash vs. evil dead one of the one of the <laughs> the biggest examples of that i think is um uh last man on earth i don't know if any of you guys i know ferg did yeah. but i don't know if you guys watched it uh with the, what the, like what the hell's his name oh uh, i watched some of it when MacGruber, it first was yeah. on uh will forte will forte yes. yeah uh fucking great show but it just like never got the traction it deserved to the point where they ended that series on a very big next season cliffhanger that you just never got and it's such a bummer because i'd never love to like off, i don't even yeah. want to rewatch it now because i know like you never get the payoff it's because and, like, that's that why i haven't used. watched my name is earl rewatched my name is earl until now for this show. i keep hearing rumblings of new my name is earl I would love that so much because I'll say this when we, so we covered my name is Earl on our show weeks ago now, but for those of you who want to go through the archives, go ahead. Um, when I went to go on, was it Hulu to watch it or whatever it was, it was trending at the time. So maybe yes, there is a little yeah. bit of news that's making people watch it again, but let's, let's move on because you know, we've been running a while and I think it's important that we can, uh, we're on quite a tangent. So let's get into the green lighter cancels here. So I'm just going to go in the order that I see you guys in. So uh, Ferg first. Greenlighter cancel Shit's Creek. Oh, easy one this week. Greenlight. Um, everybody, every single character is amazing on this show. Great actors. And even the jokes we talked about, we didn't do them justice because every character has such a distinct voice and a distinct way of saying each joke. It's just, it's, it's, it's awesome. I, I love this show. And yeah, green light. Joe. This is one of those ones where I don't know if I could say anything 
better or different than what Ferg just said. I loved this show. I was pretty, pretty heartbroken when it ended because we watched it so religiously. I cried. Yeah, we've gone back and watched. Oh, there's a few crying episodes, including uh, the some of the singing to be people things. I don't know. It's just got a lot. It's an amazing show. I'll always rewatch this one. It's a good one to throw on in the background, even after you've seen it. And I just hope that this means that and I love Andy Murphy's new show. I hope that everybody keeps doing other stuff that we can see because these are just amazing people. It's a great show. Green light. Gordo, you guys aren't going to like this. Um, I'm canceling this. What is wrong with you? I, it just wasn't as good as the big show show, huh? No, no. I mean, wait, 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 wait. hold on, hold on, hold no, on. Stop, you stop, 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 stop. Every time I cancel something, you guys do that. And I don't interrupt any single one of you. I, a lot, <laughs> a lot of this stuff kind of fell flat with me. I had too many questions that didn't get answered. Nobody was likable, and I know that that's the point. I'm sure that this show is funny. Like I'm sure it is. If I go and I watch episode two, two through the end of the series, it will be funny, and I will enjoy it. But because I haven't seen that and I have to just base it on this episode, there is nothing that makes me want to come back. The rich people who I already don't like got their comeuppance. I don't want to see them interact with the locals. It's a cancel for me. Sorry. Nick. <laughs> I mean, wow. First of all, I I don't know. You really threw me off on that one, Gordo. Um <clears throat> I like this show because I feel like it's one of those uh, out-of-the-box shows. It's not the same shit over and over. <clears throat> and like Ferg touched on, the acting in the, the cast is uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Like I think um, to get that many people into the same show at once is uh, impressive, and I... They really, they everything just worked really well. The writing is really smart. The uh, the acting is really good, and I think that it, you know, ignoring my uh, knowledge of the rest of the show, I did really want to keep watching and see what happens to these people. Um, so Greenlight, one hundred percent. I think it's uh, a very well done show. Yeah. So that just leaves me, and um, you know. First time for me ever watching it, but it was a show, like I said earlier, I had always kind of meant to check out. And for me, it's going to be a green light as well. Um, I did really dig it. I thought the humor landed. I like that drier style of, um, of comedy, and I thought the deliveries were really good. I thought there were some great one-liners there. There were a couple things, like if I really wanted a nitpick, I wasn't like oh, super fond of. And like I said, to me, the whole premise of buying a town, I just legit do not understand. <laughs> so like... Usually when I'm that off put by the initial premise of what's going on, um, that'll throw me too much, but I did just like everything else that happened. Um, yeah, to go back, I just think they could have ended up in a small town that he didn't own. I don't know why that was like an important plot point that, cause it's not like they could go nowhere, but I digress. I don't want to ramble on too much. Uh, overall, I dug it. I, I enjoyed the show. I do want to continue to watch it and. Because the show only went like 80 episodes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a pretty easy binge for me. So um, I will get into that when I have some time. Maybe uh, watch it on my phone when I'm at work and have a spare minute. But 
Uh, yeah, green light. So that's guys. That's gonna be four out of five again. Um, just like last week. Uh, so eighty percent. Congratulations to Shits Creek. You do live on to see another day with four green lights. So um, that's it. That's all we have for this week, guys. I want to remind you again uh, to go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you're gonna find all the links to our socials, everywhere we can listen to us. Please rate, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Follow us on our socials. Spread the word. Let people know if this is a show you think they would enjoy. By all means, the more the merrier for us. We would really appreciate that. And that's it, guys. We'll catch you next week. And goodbye. Lives a quarter mile at a time. <laughs>